0: All right. All right. This is a an- welcome to another episode of Reality Roundtable. My name is Jonathan Brown. I have two distinguished guests with me today. Would you two like to introduce yourselves?
1: Um hello, my name is Larry Swinton. I am a senior sport and entertainment management major at the University of South Carolina from Columbia, South Carolina. Um on campus, I've been involved in a multitude of things. Um mostly in student government for three years, um, in addition to being an undergraduate speaker at TEDx UOC, and now as a Forbes Under 30 Scholar, and I c- host a podcast myself on Garnet Media Group called The Patchwork Feminist. It's
0: pretty good content, if I will say myself. I haven't missed, it, have not missed the episode.
2: I caught up this week. All right. <laughs> and hello, everyone. I would hate to follow that up. My name is... <laughs> My name is Joan Ravenel McLam. I am a senior geography and environmental <laughs> science major from Florence, South Carolina. I've also been involved on campus as an orientation Leader resident mentor and currently NPAC co president. We just don't compare lyric, do we? No ma'am. Please <laughs> stop. <laughs> no ma'am. Start it off. I'm not gonna try. All
0: right, and the topic of today for today's episode will be how to be a better you. Alright. Because I feel like nowadays, you know, people hold themselves, like, people that forces and also themselves hold themselves back in ways that are actually very preventable. Mm -hmm. And one way I feel like that people hold themselves back is, like, they let negative feedback about them, like, dictate how they choose to spend their life. Mm -hmm. What's one factor one of y'all think that um, holds people back in life?
2: I think for me, when I first started trying to, I don't know, not get involved, well, get involved or take leadership positions, I would take criticism, but sometimes I would be a little afraid afraid to hear criticism because I would think like, dang, like I'm doing something wrong. So I wouldn't do like the top leadership positions, like be a president or be a vice president, so I wouldn't have to hear criticism. And that kind of held me back a lot.
1: I would say um constantly like comparing myself to other people. Um and not just like And I've noticed this more like particularly in the black community just because I'm a first generation college student so I don't come from much but like once I got to college I'm surrounded by people who come from a lot and Uh so I already felt behind anyway just because Uh you know I'm first generation and nobody in my family went to college come from a low income high school um, single parent home but when you go, when you get here, and everybody's talking about, oh yeah, I did this. Oh, you've never went here before, or you never traveled before. You don't have this, you don't own that, etc. Mm-hmm. It was just like an identity crisis, like a culture shock, and you like never feel like you're good enough. Like, why are you even doing things? And you're constantly like comparing yourself to other people, which is something that I like. I still struggle with, but definitely I did like as a freshman in software. <sighs>
0: Well, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> All right, well, um, well, I feel like, you know, when it does come into comparing, you know, yourself to other people, and, and, you know, other people may go through that, too. I feel like social media does play a big part in it mm-hmm. because they see Because think about it, on social media, you're only seeing the positives of what right. people are doing. No one wants to post their flaws or anything. So with that being said, you know, on social media, everybody looks perfect, but. You, they could be going through something, but you would never know that mm-hmm. because you know everybody everybody posted their highlight and not you know the whole real but um one of the, when it comes to um you know taking criticism and everything, I feel like I feel like people do need to learn to take criticism, mm-hmm. but I was reading this book called Millionaire Success Habits, and one of the ten success habits that he talks about is not taking things personally. Mm-hmm. Because if you're taking things personally, then you tend to make emotional decisions. Right. And when you make emotional decisions, you tend not to think logically and make the best decision that will come out with the best outcome. And then, also when it comes to taking criticism, I feel like, you know, some people, they just criticize, you know, just to criticize because they're not where they want to be in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't want to see somebody, you know, past them in life. So they want to bring somebody else down because, you know, misery loves company. And my question for you two is, have y'all ever had to cut somebody off because they were so negative towards y'all? <laughs> Ladies first.
1: Um. Yeah, and I think that sometimes cutting people off is a constant process. Like, uh-huh. sometimes, like, you not even just cutting people off, like, cutting back on people, like, serve people. I've realized that, um, like, God has a purpose for my life. Uh-huh. And... If people can't affirm the per- purpose he has for my life, then they don't need to be in my life, um, and I mean that to say. Um, there's been a lot of situations where I've been in, where people always ask questions like, you know, like, why are you doing that? How are you gonna pull that off? That doesn't make sense. Like that's a dumb idea, and then. I start second-guessing myself and when I start self-doubting myself, that's when I start making mistakes because half the time I know what I'm doing is right because I pray over it. God don't we do it and then but it's when I start listening to other people and their negative opinions because just because they don't understand it doesn't mean that it's not the right thing to do. Um, so like I've had to like cur- cut certain people out of my life or cut back on people in my life who just did not really affirm um, the calling that was placed over my life. And I feel like sometimes that has to happen because a lot of times some people just don't have the vision yet. Like Mm -hmm. they're, they think too small and a lot of times (laughs) people can't see past your circumstances. So they'll be like, well, you're not rich or you don't have this, you don't come from this background. How do you expect to get there? You can never do anything like that if you coming from this. So I think that a lot of times people can't see past your circumstances and they can't always see the vision. And that's fine, but
0: that
2: doesn't mean you have to be in my life, Juwan. Mm-hmm. I will say I had to cut plenty of people off, and mm-hmm. I don't mind cutting them off. But for me, it's not cutting them off. I kind of just turn the volume down. So like, I want to make sure I still know they're there because for the for me that kind of motivates me. Like when somebody's like, not well, like doubting me or think, I don't think like I can't complete something or do something. I want them to still be in my sight because that may, motivates me when I get lazy or I get tired or I feel like myself, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this. I remember the ones that were doubting me and I see them in my vision. I just don't want to hear it because if I hear it, I might start being negative. But I want to keep them there to kind of motivate me. But I feel like I I do that a lot. But also I have a strong support system. So it's like when I cut people off, I still have everyone here to kind of keep me right. So it's kind of just having a balance. And I also like feel like I do need... I've had to in my sports system also criticizing me too. And it's not so much like how I should like cutting them off. Like It's not negative. Like you can't do that. It's just like you need to think about this or you need to think about this. And that's what makes you really good. Like a leader really great. Like having the sports system be honest with them. That's like the best thing I feel like I got out of some of my brothers and my mom and dad. Like being honest. And going off what
0: Lyric says, she talks about, like, how she, like, when she takes, when people, like, do criticize her, then she starts to overthink things. That's actually this happiness habit number three. Stop overthinking. Oh <laughs> yeah, because I feel like, because think about it, like, if I was overthinking it, I was, I'd be there sitting mm-hmm. there thinking, like, man, like, what if nobody wants to listen to what I have to say on this? Like, mm-hmm. man, what if this is lame or whatever? I would have never started this podcast. <laughs> And, you know, who knows, this could be big one day, but I would never know if I never took the chance to do it, and I started overthinking. And you you talk about, like, having a strong support system. I feel where you're coming from, because when it comes to my support system, I mean, my parents and my brothers, like, they'll, they'll support me in anything I do. Like, they've stu- they bought stuff from my clothing line. Like, they've, like, my brother listens to my podcast and everything, so... Those who don't have a support system, I'm sorry, I can't relate, but
2: <laughs> can't
0: relate. I'm just saying, I mean, I'm being honest. Yeah. And also, you know, like when you do take criticism, you're too busy focusing mm-hmm. on the negative outcome instead of what's being, what mm-hmm. could be positive, you know, which is success, which is happening, it's having number four, right? You right. focus <laughs> on positive outcomes. But, um... And I feel like when you do focus on positive outcomes, you're then more driven to try to accomplish your goals. But if you're too busy focusing on the negative, you know, it'll just put you down. And you never know what that goal could have been if you, try, if you actually tried. Right. Whether that's, um, you know, actually studying harder for a test or creating something on your own or even shooting your shot at somebody. Right. <laughs> Your shot. I mean, hey, they Probably. say you shoot, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. That's right. right. So you might as well just shoot. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, what is like something y'all feel like y'all have that holds y'all back personally? Holds me back.
2: Yeah. And that's me too.
1: I like and the crazy thing is like now people I think a lot of times people think that i'm extremely successful, but like in my head, when I say it, I think i 'm the most average person that ever lived like i'm never mm-hmm. satisfied with the things that i 'm doing um and it's just like I think that what people realize is that once you reach certain levels of mm-hmm. success you're exposed to a a different environment to different rooms, like mm-hmm. for example like like the Forbes thing like yeah. that is a big deal but like now I'm exposed to 90, 999 other people uh-huh. from other universities who uh-huh. are just as talented as me if not more most of them are more like they uh-huh. even better and it's like now it's almost like starting completely over as a freshman or being like square one because everything that makes me special here uh-huh. everybody else done already did. like Tedx makes me special here, but some of them don't get about too. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. They intern in Microsoft, Apple, Google, um, Disney, all these places. So it's just like. The more successful that you get, the more, the higher that you climb, you're exposed to a whole different level. And it's I don't want to call it competition because technically, these people they not in the same field as me. I'm not going into tech, STEM, none of that. But it's just you're, you are exposed to what's going on in the world because I think a lot of times I never left Columbia, mm-hmm. uh, and so South Carolina, like being South Carolina important. But then when you are exposed to the rest of the world, and you realize that oh, like. I'm really a small fish in a big pond Mm. and I mean that's that's humbling but it's also motivating too because Mm. it's just like okay how can I work harder like how what can I do to set set myself apart more but I definitely doubt myself a lot
2: and I feel the same way just like how Lyric said I'm a first generation student as well so I think that just comes with the experience like we're gonna we don't have nobody to kind of be like oh well my mama did this so like we're the first to do it so it's always gonna be doubt i feel like i doubted everything even coming out of high school i had a 4.0 and i still was like i don't think i'm getting to college and all my counselors would be like John like you know you're getting into college but it still is just like i just don't know because no grandparents aunts, aunts nobody has went to college so it's kind of hard to like <clears throat> see the new path even though you forging a new path but i feel like that doubt has gotten I feel like I got got better with it as I came to USC because the first year I was afraid to do anything. Like I applied for one thing, I remember I was trying to be a press ambassador in my dorm and give tours, and I got denied. I got denied the second day. They didn't even give me an interview. And so I was like, "See, that's why I don't need to be doing that." Like the, the denial kind of like sets me back, but now like my mom says like delay. So I just like use that, and now obviously I don't apply for more things and got them. Now you still get denials, so you get. When you get things, don't think like, oh, that's, there's no more denial. like, I get denied all the time. Mm-hmm. I got orientation, RM, NPC president, like all these positions. Think about how many I got denied from. So just because I got like 10, oh, 10 positions don't mean I got denied from maybe 15 mm-hmm. or 16. Mm-hmm. And I feel like me saying that now, I'm almost a hypocrite now because I was just telling somebody I was worried about applying to grad school. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll just use that. I'm still doubting about the money, though, because I feel like I'm not going to have enough money. But I'm... I'm a, I feel like for me, I'm a strong Christian, so I'm always telling other people to like pray and not worry, pray and not worry, but I still doubt and worry myself. So that's one thing I got to really work on because I think that's one of the things that set me back like a lot. Well, it used to set me back.
0: And Lyric, like coming to your point we you talk about like you go into different rooms, you know, you're like, it's kind of like a shot to you. Do you feel that your confidence diminishes when you're in those rooms or do you like still walk with the same confidence that you do when you're in Columbia? at school?
1: It depends on the room. Um, what I've realized is one thing I, I can say is that even though like I've never technically left Columbia, USC is a completely different Columbia than what I'm used to. Um, so I come from, like, my my neighborhood was basically my world. So I didn't uh. really go outside. I thought Columbia was all black until I got here. Um, so that was um, a culture shock. So I do think that even though I've never technically left, USC is a diverse enough place and a big enough place to where I honestly feel like I'm living in a completely different world than where I grew up in. But what I'll say is that it, it's sometimes hard um, because not only do you have that aspect of being first-generation college student, I'm an African-American and I am an African-American woman. Um, so a lot of times in the rooms that I go in, I am the only woman or I'm Mm -hmm. the only African American and I'm definitely usually the only African American woman so that's honestly sometimes a sobering thought Um, but it also motivates me to where I can't afford to be quiet Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of times when you're the only person in that room that looks like you or comes from Mm -hmm. that background even though it shouldn't be your job it is your job to Mm -hmm. advocate um, on behalf of people from um similar background, so one thing I've been very blessed with sometimes when I go in rooms I'm able to no matter how scared I am to speak up leave fear at the door I might cry later I like I am a big c- crier um particularly when I'm nervous but before and afterwards but during uh, you know you just have to sometimes you got to suck it up for the greater good
0: and Juwan you talked about like how like, coming out of high school, you were worried about, like, not getting accepted into college and stuff like that. You were worried about getting denied. Do you feel like your fear of failure has changed since you got into college? Like, do you feel, do you have a sense that you're not as afraid to fail as you were back then?
2: Definitely. I feel like coming out of high school, I was always afraid to fail. Even, like, I'll tell y'all this now. I went to run for, like, the senior class president. I backed out the whole race because I was like, I don't want to. I just don't want to give myself a chance to lose, even though I probably could have won. <laughs> And like So stuff like that, like running for Mr. Black USC, even though everybody think I'm going to win, I still was like, I'm not going to do it because I might lose. Like I just hate failure, but I feel like it got so much better. Like going through, like I said, the, that denial my freshman year, or like getting denials like all through USC, or even like when I got at, into my RM position and like I started struggling academically and I, I was put on probation, I almost lost my RM job. And like I had to correct my grades, get my grades back together, go to Success Center end up turning the whole year around and like built the best community on campus was recognized in 2017. <laughs> but like all those experiences added up together like it's hard for me to just be like I feel like it's gotten so much better. I can go go apply for something right now. Like last night I was looking at my grad schools list. I had like five but now I got like 20 schools. So now I'm just trying to figure out how i to pay to apply for all of them. I'm not gonna I'm not trying to um dump dim my life for somebody else. Like I'm trying to Expand, so I'm really not afraid to fail anymore because I know if I'm failing, God probably didn't want it for me in the first place, or God has something bigger for me later, mm-hmm. like down the road. So a failure is kind of good to me, except for in the classroom. So, he, so you talking about like not dimming your life for anybody
0: else? Did you feel like that sometimes you were living your life for other people
2: at yes. times? And I think like in high school, I always say this, but my RCC instructor told me he really wanted me and my brother to go to a smaller school, uh, Savannah State University, which is an HBCU. And he was telling, he kept preaching to me. He was like, you're a big fish. I want you to go to a small pond and be a big fish. Mm-hmm. He he was saying that so I wouldn't go to a large school. And I was like, and I kept thinking that. So even when I came to USC, I was like, this is a big pond. So I'm going to be a little fish. I'm just a number. Like that, stuff like that kind of makes me think like, dang what. Like, stuff like that sticks with you. Especially when there's somebody you look up to or like an instructor or a teacher. And so like coming out of that, I don't know. I just feel like I'm so much better now. <laughs> Do you feel some of that lyric
1: yes um, yeah I, I think that in high school I was really like I was top dog like <laughs> I was salutatorian um, National Honor Society student council I did everything um, and I went to a high school my graduating class was 100 and 68 people something like that I, mm. or probably less um, and then you come to a university like this and you really see diversity for the first time mm. and I remember my freshman year I got rejections as well I was rejected from student um, student government freshman council and I was rejected from um, orientation leaders mm. um, and I remember saying like oh I don't want to do this like mm-hmm. and it was just constantly you know instilled in me because originally like my mom wanted me to go to upstate like my guidance counselors like they always tried to like you know um really push us towards like the smaller in-state and hbcu's not even the big ones but i always knew i wanted to go to a big school but i was always scared that i was going to get here and just you know not be able to live up to the hype. um and I think that those things really do affect you and you don't even realize it. Like, even now, I think I still see myself as that 17-year-old girl who's scared of, like, everything. <laughs> oh, I'm scared of everything, but I've gotten a lot better. Uh, and honestly, like, at this point, i failed as publicly as you can probably fail. So, honestly, I'm not really scared too much no more. Mm-hmm. You can't really, once you hit rock bottom, you can only go up.
0: Mm. And for me, I felt like you know I was overwhelmed coming coming here my freshman year because, I mean I'm from Rock Hill, mm. it's like seventy thousand people, and they say no I get here it's a whole it's a whole bunch it's a whole bunch of people and you know the campus size is so big mm. I felt so overwhelmed yeah I felt like I wanted to transfer <laughs> right. but then you know I got to my sophomore year I started to get more comfortable I'm like all right this is not so bad mm. and then you know but from a confidence standpoint. I feel like I became more confident in myself during that freshman year while I was going through all that because I didn't have to see I didn't have to see everybody in my classes right. every day mm-hmm. anymore. So I feel like I was more free to then be myself than you know I was in high school. I felt like more restricted because you know, you cuz you know in high school you have to worry about reputation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like here, you know, people really didn't care about other people's reputation. You can just really be yourself and everything but um, what's one thing y'all feel like people can do to help improve themselves and not hold themselves back
2: I would say for me it sounds so cliche but just living your life I say it all the time but I feel like living you and just being honest and just vulnerable with everybody, your life will start to open up. That's why some people are just like Juan, you put too much on Twitter. Like I'll tell y'all when I feel a quiz. I feel the quiz today. Like I just feel like, <laughs> I just feel like when I open up, it just like when you be yourself. Like there's nothing to be, like you don't have to be like oh I gotta cover this up or something. Like I feel like that's when I got all my blessings. Or like when I was an engineer major, I was afraid to change my major for two years because I was afraid of all the people back home. First of all, we first generation, so everybody know I'm at school to be an engineer. My brother at school to be a lawyer. Oh, that's that's all you hear. The McLaren twins. Oh, one a lawyer, one an engineer. Now I'm up here about to change my major. I'm up here struggling, failing classes, just cause I don't want to change my major when I knew I should change my major after the first year. I was like the Levi's. I tell you all that. I was in the wilderness for four days, forty nights. Too long. <laughs> I finally decided to change my major and be myself. Did a major I chose a major I wanted to do. I love my major. Grades went up, and that's when my involvement went up. I feel like everything just started getting better. I got more scholarships and everything because I decided to be me and live my life for me and stop, stop being fake or live my life for somebody else. So that's my biggest advice is just do you. Want to change your major? Change your major. Want to quit your job? Quit your job. Make sure you got another job behind that. Just like do what you want to do, because when you're happy, everything else is going to start to fall into place. And you can't expect a blessing that God has your name on it if you're living for somebody else. So like, I couldn't get the blessings that God had for Juwan because I wasn't even living for Juwan, All if right. that makes sense. And you?
1: I 100% agree. Um, I think that one thing that I have a better grasp on now that I didn't have a freshman, even through junior year, is to where for people to accept me, they got to get all of me. Mm -hmm. So like my freshman year, I was still kind of like living off my high school persona of like, you know, I don't want to call myself a ghetto, but I was a little like rough around the edges, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Still, I hadn't really tapped in. I was trying to force myself to try to make USC back into high school. So I still, so I can feel comfortable. So I was trying to like, you know, only go to like, um, black house parties. I wasn't really trying to engage with campus culture because I was like, oh, that's not for me. I don't need to be going to that. Like, why am I going to this event? That's corny, et cetera. And just pretending that I didn't like all this stuff just because I wanted to fit in and be cool. And then sophomore year, um, once I started to move into like spaces like student government, I'm suddenly in a whole nother environment, so I suddenly I feel like I can't do the same things. Do I still need to be going to house parties and stuff like that? Can I still like hang out in that spaces? And then going into junior year, between campaigning, it's just like you're split between two communities, and one one community loves this version of lyric, they like mm-hmm. this polished version of lyric, but then like this other community like they feel like that that part of you is a sellout, or you know this is not good enough for people so I was going through an identity crisis of like who am I going to be like can I still be the girl who turns up at the med concert but can I also be the same girl that's in the boardroom um and I just had to come to the realization you got to be all parts of you at all the time you can get all this smoke with me at any time of the day but I can still get tell you about social justice and changing the world and things like that but for me to be comfortable with myself, I had to start giving all of myself. Um, Some people gonna like it, some people not. I don't really care at this point, Um, Mm. I'm grown. But I just think that I spent too much time really trying to make other people comfortable um, with who I am by only showing them one side. Um, And what you realize is that people who really love you, like people who really admire you, people who really respect you, they'll accept that. And not only will they accept that, they'll embrace it, and they'll be grateful to you for being vulnerable with them.
0: Well, with me, I feel like you know, I just, I just had to become more comfortable in who I was because, like, <coughs> freshman year, like I really didn't do anything, like I didn't go out, I didn't go to the events. But sophomore year, I started, to, you know. I started to go to on campus events but I didn't really like go to parties. But then like if you knew me my sophomore year to my junior year, you saw a huge switch in me then. Like I started going to parties, I started speaking my mind more. I say a lot of outlandish things, Jawan will tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> but but no, like you said, like it's it's just a comfort level that I have in myself now. And I f and I feel like more positive in myself, like I feel like, I just feel like I can just be me now. And, like, I don't, like, I live life of no shame. And I feel like you can judge me or whatever. People going to talk anyway, so they mm-hmm. might as well talk about the real you. Right. Instead of the fake you yeah. that you're trying to be to impress other people. But one thing I feel like that people can do to help improve themselves is stop procrastinating. You know, us being college students, you know that procrastination is huge. Yes. amongst mm-hmm. us. Especially in my spirit. And I feel like, you know... Like that's probably my biggest problem in life because I was supposed to start this podcast two months earlier than what it was supposed to be. But I eventually got to it. And then like when it does come to procrastination, like I do like to set goals, to try to, you know, help you know, try to help myself feel better about myself because when I set a goal and I achieve it, I didn't feel the I didn't have a feeling of, wow, like I, you know, I achieved something, like I wanna achieve more. It's like when I read books and stuff like that. Like I when I read, I have a specific date like I wanna get done mm-hmm. with the book. Like the book I'm reading now, I wanna get I wanna get it done by the twentieth of this month. It's the eighteenth, so I got two days but I got two chapters left. All right. So I'm probably gonna be done with it tomorrow or Sunday. But I'm gonna meet the date. And one of my New Year's resolutions this year was read ten to twelve books. This is my tenth book right yeah. here. Oh, good. There you go. So but if I have a chance to exceed that goal, I'm gonna do it. Because, you know, like I said, it didn't make me want more. So I feel like, you know, people can like not procrastinate because like you said, if God has a blessing for you, if you procrastinate, then you're holding off your own blessing mm-hmm. then. So you have to you have to take charge in what you want in what you want to do in life so that you can receive the blessing on time and on the time that God wants you to receive it.
1: Oh, yeah. um, I'm so excited that I was able to be here. Um, If you want to hear more from me, my podcast is called The Patchwork Feminist. And it is available on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Episodes come out every Wednesday.
0: All right. Well, thank you for joining us. That was another episode of Reality Roundtable. And we'll be back next time.
1: Thank you for inviting
0: me. That was a good conversation. Mm